0: Thank you for watching us at i80 Sports. This is your 2020, this is your 2021 Vancouver Whitecap season preview. We call that recording fatigue. This is team 25 of 27 in Major League Soccer that we are talking about this season. You know what we're doing. We're bringing in a specialist. That specialist today is Gideon Hill. Gideon, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find your work.
1: So I'm on uh, Twitter at Gideon Hill. Um, My work is on AFTN.ca. It's a soccer website based out of. Uh, Vancouver, actually, the Scottish guy named Michael, who started it in Scotland, came over here and carried it on with the Whitecaps. He was actually a seasoned ticket holder with the Whitecaps back in the USL days, so I've been working with him for uh, about six years now and on the website. And I also broadcast the local uh, university soccer team, the Thunderbirds, and I do get involved with the Whitecaps in a number of capacities with volunteering. I've done a couple of job shadows as well as broadcasted. Uh, USL game a few years ago so I've kind of gotten my hand in a few different soccer pods here in uh, in BC in Canada and looking forward to chatting with you today Bob
0: thank you and uh, thank you for taking the time out to be here with us today and let us know a little bit about the Vancouver Whitecaps now I would assume most people watching this video are major league soccer fans maybe not Vancouver Whitecaps supporters tell us a little bit about the club history and about the club culture in Vancouver
1: yeah it's um a, a lot of fan Fan-based franchise. Um, they have about four or five different supporters groups. So a lot of different supporters, different ways to um, you know get with the team, support the team. Uh, they came into Major League Soccer in 2011. This is their should be their 12th season league or 10th, sorry, 11th season league, and um, struggled a lot. Kind of in the basement of MLS since they came in 2011 was a tough year, and ever since then they've been adding pieces. I think the year where. It really sparked my interest was 2012 when um, Kenny Miller was brought in, and he really did a lot for this team. A guy from Europe who had uh, international experience, so that kind of sparked my interest. And I think that's when the Whitecaps kind of kicked into gear. Like 2011 was the oh, what can they, you know, what can they do, and what's this new team about? And then 2012 um, was the year they made the playoffs against the Galaxy. So. It's The MLS process has been expedited in the last, what, 11, 12 years now. And not a lot of success in regards to playoffs and winning culture. Um, I think they've built a strong um, fan base and growing. Obviously, a lot of frustration recently with the lack of um, spending and success in the playoffs. They haven't made it past the first round of the MLS playoffs ever. Um, The only game they've won in the postseason um, was against San Jose. Um, I believe it was three years ago now, so that was a 5-1 win at home in a knockout game, which is good for morale, but um, then they had to face the Sounders the next game and next series, actually, and that didn't end up well. So, um, yeah, they've struggled in the playoffs. I think they've only scored a couple goals in five or six career playoff games, so they've definitely um, ran into a wall when it comes to playing after the 34-game MLS season, Um, and I think the transitioning into... This year, um, the expectations are, are very much higher with Marco Santos's third year. Um, I think th- the money side of things has been sorted out. The only thing we'll, which we'll get into is the roster, but um, I think it's exciting. I think this is the year where myself, a former season ticket holder, current volunteer, is very excited about a team that they have at least one, if not two, solid players in each position, which they haven't had for yeah. Well, almost since they came into the league. So I'm not sure if that, that covers all the bases, but it came in MLS 2011 and then season 11 or 12 here um, and just trying to s- establish themselves as MLS um, contenders, I guess, in a very difficult and ever-changing, ever-evolving Western Conference with so many different strong teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would point out that uh, Whitecaps were the MLS leading spender in the 2020 offseason. We're going to talk a little bit about what that brought to the club. But before we move on... uh. We said we're going to talk a little about ownership and stadium. We talked a little about ownership already. Stadium is a BC place, but you guys are playing in Rio Tinto for a a big chunk of this season with some coronavirus stuff. Just talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so um, playing out of Utah this year, um, we're in Providence Park last year in uh, the summertime when the MLS came back for the most. It's back tournament, so from August till November, the players are pretty much destined to their their hotel, um, a tough time given that families at the time weren't allowed to go with the team. Um, the players had to come back on a charter from Portland directly to Vancouver. Um, and that avoided the quarantine rules in BC. So if you're on a charter, not on a commercial flight, you get to avoid the quarantine. So essentially they were able to come home, see their families for I think, a couple days and go back. So a little bit different this time around with RSL. Um, playing at Rio Tinto I should say where RSL plays is that they can have few players like uh, Christian Dahomey from the Whitecaps is bring his, his family with him so that's kind of a blessing in disguise and it does a lot for a player's morale having your family there and you might not think about on the outside for supporters of MLS like us Bob but it does do a difference when you go yeah. home to your hotel room and your your wife and your kids are, are there so um, I think that's a boost. Ownership as well Jeff Mallett and then co-owners Greg Kerfoot, Steve Luxo and Steve Nash is obviously the coach of the Nets, so a bit of a different uh, look on ownership for that. And, yeah, BC places their base has been since mid-2011 when uh, the renovations were happening after the 2010 Olympics we had here. So just a little bit of a, of a recap on that. But, yeah, exciting, exciting year coming ahead.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about 2020, the year that just happened. They were 9-14 and 14 in 2020, didn't record a single tie. They scored 24 goals and allowed 44. Some of their contributors you had Lucas Cavallini, six goals, Freddie Montero, five goals, five assists, Christian Dahomey, three goals, four assists, Ali Adnan, two goals, five assists, David Malinkovic, one goal, and four assists. If you had to sum up the 2020 season just a couple words, what would you give us?
1: I don't know if a couple words is enough, Bob. It was (laughs) disappointing, I think, to say the least. Um, given I think given the circumstances, a lot of teams last year kind of had their success pushed to the wayside in the sense that um, you weren't expecting a lot going into the MLS's back tournament. Kind of the season started, your, your hopes were up, right? And then once you hit this little lull of no games for two months... You're like, what, what's going to happen with the team? Some teams lost some guys due to COVID. A lot of guys didn't go down to ML- or to Orlando to the MLS's back tournament. So you had this kind of um, parallel of, well, you're, you don't have your full team. You're competing in, you know, this crazy weather and hotel rooms for two months. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And then coming out of it, you actually are playing, some teams playing at their home field, except for the Canadian MLS team. So it was a bit of a, I'd say, a whirlwind last year. It was a longer season than expected, obviously, with, with the MLS's back tournament shortened in the way that the games were played and how many games were played, but long in the sense that it felt two times longer than MLS regular season. Yeah, how many it, games it, it did.
0: Out. I mean, it was two separate seasons in, in a lot of ways. And also for you guys losing uh, Wong and Bomb halfway through the season uh, on a transfer to that guy, that has been kind of the story for me, just, just, just a story of loss. They were... The biggest spenders in the offseason, but to me they kind of lack that number ten connection piece. Um, to get, you know, the service to Lucas Cavallini. You spend that much money on a player, you need more than six goals out of them. That's just a travesty and something that we could, I think, look f- forward to uh being repaired at least somewhat for next season, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think for this year, honestly, like if there's not ten, fifteen goals out of Lucas Cavallini, I think it'll be a disappointment. Um he had a hat trick for Canada against, I think it was Barbados serving to some Caribbean country and besides the point like yes it's a stronger or weaker team I should say but you still goals are goals and uh, yeah. you know he played a preseason game on the weekend against Chicago and had two Two fantastic goals. One was a smashing header, the other one was a free kick, which I don't think he's ever scored on. So, you know, goals rather, you know, against any competition does he wonders. That's already five and three, game, four games of, of competition early on this year. Again, albeit in exhibition, you're still having a guy who plays your national team. But again, you, you mentioned about that big money, six goals. Again, tough year, hard to really gauge his success. But I think you'll see a lot more of him pumping up on MLS goal scoring sheets this year, given how frustrated he was last year and how much he wants to get off going on the right foot foot this year.
0: He had six goals there in five games. He did have a race against LAFC, but those games are not very uh, um, convincing because it was RSL twice. uh, LAFC, who as good of a team as they are, they have some defensive problems and also the LA galaxy. So we'll see what next season brings and let's get into it. Season starting this week. Let's talk a little bit about coaching and tactics. If I'm someone who doesn't watch Vancouver very much, I put them on TV. What am I going to see from coach Mark Dos Santos? And what am I going to see uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps trying to accomplish on the field?
1: Um, I think you're going to see a lot of possession there. And when they don't have possession, which was a lot last year, they I think only had plus possession in about four or five of their games total last year, which is just astounding that they don't give up the ball. A lot, and when they have it, they, then when they don't have it, sorry, they they like to chase it down. So they like to work hard. Um, I'd say the creativeness in the attacking half is certainly lacking. I think they tr- kind of address that this year with Kyle Lexa- Alexandra and as well as. Um, David Casito a little bit of creative flair out wide but you're still missing the number 10 I, I don't think they've had that since Pedro Morales in 2014 so you're right I, I think they do lack quite a bit of creativity but they are very exciting to watch when they're on their game and they like to recover the ball when they don't have it and they're very good at, at um, connecting a ball out wide and using their outside backs to overlap so that's kind of to, to put a little wrap on it is is something that you could, could be looking for if you're tuning in
0: Awesome. So I made a little depth chart that we can talk about now, and this isn't, uh, you know, anything official, just something I threw together uh, with your help, Gideon. So let's take a little look at that. We'll talk about the position, why this setup is the way it is. Here's what we have. We can go kind of by position by position, but what you see here is a 4-3-3 with kind of one defensive midfielder and two not quite number 10, like I guess two number eights there in Uh Baikal and Owusu. Then we have uh, Chow. Alexander, and Baldissimo at center defensive midfield. That is kind of in a holding pattern. Then you got uh, three forwards. Diber, Caicedo, Lucas Cavallini, Christian Dahomey, or Raposo, the uh, new signing. That's why this is set up the way it is. Let's get to the forwards. What do you think, Gideon, about uh, this trio, Diber, uh, uh, Cavallini, and Christian Dahomey?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited by it. Again, I think it would I would be a little more stoked if there was somebody to link up those three. Um, I think Cavallini... Casido and Dahomey. What we saw them last year, it was just an exceptional player. Good signing, um, pretty decent as well. Another Colombian with Casido coming in. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can do. And I think with Theo Bear and St. Ricketts him behind uh, Cavalini, as well as David Egbo, a new um, drafty this year. There's a lot of hyper on him. So. Um, I'm excited I think those three can can get lots of goals as well and and get some help
0: absolutely now the help that they will have is the kind of four main characters that I put in midfield Mikel Owusu Baldissimo and Chao Alexander now I don't use FIFA for all my depth charts but I do check in (laughs) once in a while and I will tell you all four of those players are listed as center defensive midfielders Um, that's why we have them in the position that we have them let's just talk a bit the the depth chart here who's the number one who who's the guy is there a true number six out of this group what do you have for us
1: yeah i i think that you're right bob you're not far off in your fifa evaluation <laughs> that's quite funny um that they are very stacked in the defensive midfield um variations they are full of different players that can play that position baldissimo janeo Bikel, leonard owusu uh they have andy rose in uh, there as well, and Cal Alexander, so that's four players, almost five players that they could have playing that position, so, um, and they have some young players coming through the ranks, so um, they are strong in the sense that they're very defensive, they're very good um, in the midfield, but again, it's about lacking, or linking up in the midfield, translating to goals, so I think they'll struggle with that this year, but I think in the sense of midfield, you have probably Janiel B. Cal and Cal Alexander starting, and then Coming off the bench, Baldissimo and Iwusu, But Iwusu's equal as a player as, as Bikel. And he's a little bit more creative. So look out for that this year.
0: Awesome. Now, there are going to have some defensive duties. Because this defensive team was not getting It's on 44 goals. Not very good during last season. When I look at the most, the player with the most minutes from each team, if you look at the best teams, the best teams have three, four, five defensive players up in the most minutes played. Here we have Ali Adnan. Then a bunch of forwards and midfielders. So I think that might be part of the problem from last year for Vancouver. Just, just my two cents. Ali Adnan will be back in a back line that looks like Ali Adnan and Bruno Gaspar as fullbacks with Nervinsky. Then you have a, a trio of centerbacks that I have really close to each other. You have uh, v- <laughs> Vesel.
1: Veselinovich.
0: Veselinovich. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. I nailed it the first time. <laughs> Veselinovich. Here. Eric Godoy yep. and Cornelius, there. How do you, you see this it. defense? Yeah. How are they going to be playing together?
1: I think it's interesting. I think they have more uh, camaraderie than last year. I think there's a lot. Last year was a lot of guys just thrown in right after um, being signed, like Ali Adnan is left over. Jasser Jasser Kamir is now alone, was in there. Cornelius was a newer guy, uh, and Godoy struggled with fitness last year. So I'm really excited to see them play as a unit and adding Bruno Gaspar, who was. Is- an exceptional player um, played in Europe and Europa League, Champions League, just a great player. Um, excited to have him. So, I think there is going to be a lot more cohesion where last year they lacked a lot of cohesion. There's a lot of goals leaking in, as you mentioned 44, I believe it is, goals given up last year and, and a very inconsistent defensively year and a very inconsistent offensively year. So, I'm looking forward to consistency, cohesion, um, all the C words that you can think of when it comes to teamwork. Um, and, you know, just playing as a unit. Veselinovic is a young guy. He's a Serbian youth international, and Godoy, as mentioned, struggled. He's a great signing. They paid him in full to come back and, and be permanent instead of a, a temporary transfer, which does a lot for a guy's mindset. So I'm looking forward to cohesion, consistency, and, and w- those guys working as a team to, to keep up the goals uh, coming up this year.
0: Let's talk about the goalie and the enunciation of his name. I have uh, Maxine Krepow. <laughs> Krepow. Yep. Crapo. Okay. That's yep. that was pretty good. Crapo. Like we've been yeah. saying over here for the last six months. Um, what does he mean to the team?
1: Yeah, he's, um, he's really evolved in his role. He came over, um, when Dos Santos was picked up. He was co- actually coached by Dos Santos in Montreal. So he comes in as a younger goalie at the time. He was 23 when he came over from the impact. So, uh, a good pickup, a very underrated one at the time, and he's really stepped into the starters role ever since the 2019, um, season when Dos Santos came in, he's barely missed a beat. He's probably one of the better young goalkeepers in MLS. He's very good with his reaction saves. And judging by the way that they've lined up the squad this year, um, given Kripo was injured quite a bit last year since the MLS's back tournament barely got into games at the end, it's gonna be Kripo in the net and then Evan Newton was signed uh from the USL former San Jose Earthquake backup. So he's gonna provide some depth and then Thomas Asall who was very good in, in the MLS's back tournament. He was kind of thrust into limelight as well as Isaac Bomer, who um, didn't see any action last year, pardon me, but just a, a younger goalkeeper. It's good to have four, three You know, is good, but just four is safer, so...
0: All right, now this 2021 Vancouver White Cap roster, who are the players to watch? If you really had to pick like three guys, I mean, we know the top is easy, Lucas Cavallini. For me, Ali Adnan has got to be the next guy and maybe Christian Dahomey, who are your top three?
1: Yeah, I'd say um, Cavallini's got to watch this year, as we mentioned earlier, you know, off the top of the show is as a guy that really is feeling motivated after last year, kind of a dis- disappointing year in the sense that he just the goals kind of dried up for him. Um after a record trying to come to Vancouver. I think Casido, Caicedo rather, is gonna be a fun one to watch. Um coming over lots of experience in the Colombian League. And Kyle Alexander, a guy who a player who was very touted at um Botafogo and he's just gonna be an exceptional player, I think, to watch this year. Lots of ability on the upside he's got a great delivery first touch on the ball so i think he's going to be fun to watch and um i think people on mls are going to realize how important he is he's another one of those under the wire signings but i think he'll definitely do some some damage this year in the league in regards to making some nice plays and and delivering balls and spreading them all over the pitch
0: awesome now i think you've been a realist with us most of the time that we've been talking so far but let's talk about ceiling what is the ceiling for the 2021 Vancouver Whitecaps, and what needs to happen for them to reach that height?
1: I think the ceiling is the playoffs. Honestly, Bob, um, this has been a team that, has, as I mentioned off the top, has, has not won a playoff game outside of a knockout round. Has scored, I think, maybe one or two postseason goals, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think the ceiling is a playoffs, how they reach there. Again, playing as a team that we haven't seen, that's been a lot of individualism where guys will be frustrated down a goal or two in the first half, which happened a lot last year when they're playing from the back foot, just doing too much and doing, trying to, you know, make a play by themselves and not using their teammates, which sounds cliche, but I mean, in a league like this where there's a lot of guys that are individual superstars, the way they get to scoring 30 goals like Carlos Vela Zlatan or whatever it is, is by using their teammates. Like there's a lot of options around this team to help out in midfield and center back and forward. There's a lot of players that support guys that can come off the bench and help out. So I think there's playing as a team will definitely be key this year to reach that ceiling. And I think there's some teams in in the West that lost a lot of talent and some teams that gained some. So I think that'll be interesting. And if they can find comfort at Rio Tinto this year, then I think they can find some goals and hopefully some wins.
0: Absolutely. You saw teams like Toronto, which were an absolute powerhouse at home during the 2020 season. doesn't really make any sense, but hopefully Vancouver can go and, and make that move forward, become a playoff team, or at least give you guys some more entertainment than they did in the 2020 season. You definitely got the guys to do it. You're out there spending money. That's got to be honorable, even if it might not be where you want to spend the money, like on a true number 10. I know we had that conversation multiple, multiple, multiple times. Um, do you have the idea? And and this is not from coming from someone in the know. Is the checkbook open in the summer? Can can you bring in that extra signing?
1: That's that's a good question, Bob. I think that's something that Whitecaps fans have wanted to know for years, especially since um, Pedro Morales departed five years ago, which seems like forever ago. A guy that was brought in from Chile, really under the wire, and I mean Jordy Reyna was somebody that kind of filled that void, but. He was inconsistent. He scored some some bangers. He was a great playmaker. But you want to have somebody that's going to be here for three, four, five years. A creative guy like Jovinko is signing for TFC just to think about somebody that can make that kind of impact and lead this team to championships. So to answer your question, long story short, I don't believe the checkbooks are open depending on – it hinges on this team's performance. If they're not winning games and they're struggling to score, I definitely believe that Axel Schuster, the Whitecaps – Uh, sporting director and ceo will have their purse strings loose but again it depends on the team's variations and i think they're going to change their formation to try and do as much as they can without spending the money to try and get that number 10.
0: absolutely that's kind of why i set up the depth chart kind of the way i did with my projected formation last thing um and this is just kind of off the top of my head we always talk about rivals at the end of the show who's usually your biggest rival if you guys have any natural rivals some weird stuff going on. That there is now a Canadian First Division. You guys are still playing in Major League Soccer. Um, I've never heard of one, uh, Vancouver with a a close rival. But we'll talk a little about rivalry and and why you guys are staying in Major League Soccer.
1: Um, there's been rumors about the Whitecaps leaving, but the ownership has said that's not happening. I think the Sal, You know, you're you're as a Canadian soccer fan, your lips salivate at the fact that you might be able to play, you know, teams without having to travel to the U S which would make sense, you know, travel wise uh, funding wise, but you also might not get the draws playing, you know, guys like Zlatan and and Carlos Vela and Wayne Rooney every night. So you'd lose fan base in that sense where you would take a lot to garner that uh, appetite for Canadian soccer. So I think in that sense, it's more of, for now it's working out in MLS and I think there's no reason for them to leave at this moment um, but it depends on how the CPL fares, how much fan base they get, what their money's like, because the budget in that league is not very high at the moment. So I think they're in MLS for the main reasons that a lot of other teams are: is that they're not, they don't, they're not forced to leave. Um, but if the time does come, I think the Whitecaps might switch to um, a, you know, CPL division and and play those kind of teams. But their their rival right now is definitely Seattle Portland. I think everybody in MLS knows that come Sunday, you know, Heineken rivalry week. It's you no know, holds barred. Everyone's going hard at each other and it's it's always a good match when those two or, or even three teams uh come against each other.
0: I need to break it to you but we had them on and I don't think they think about Vancouver very much. And <laughs> they they just want to <laughs> buckle heads with each other. So, I guess that's always always nice. Um was there anything we missed? Anything we haven't talked about that you'd want to I
1: don't I think so. I, I don't think so. I think we covered all the bases. Bob and I just want to Thank you for, for having me on and I'm, you know, I'm happy to chat again. You know, I'm, I'm always available. So um, let's, let's do this again sometime.
0: Absolutely. Remind us again where we can find you and find your stuff
1: At uh, AFTN.ca, uh, website on uh, Google, uh, internet, wherever you like your, your internet, um, as well as at underscore get Hill on Twitter, which you can find, find and follow me on the Twitter sphere.
0: Absolutely. And if you're watching ID sports for the first time, youtube.com backslash i80sports. That is i80. You can find us at i80sports.com or on Twitter, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just a few of them are on the bottom there. Um, Search for i80sports. We are on all of them. Thank you so much for joining us. Gideon, thank you so much for your uh, great insight today. And thank everyone at home for watching i80sports.